So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. <laughs> How good's that introduction? I'm clearly compensating for the fact that I wish I was a gangster and I've never quite lived up to how gangster I felt I should be. Man, that's a, it's a scene out of, um, what's it called? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I can't remember the bloke's name. The little gangster dude. He plays all the, he plays the gangster characters in, in every movie. He was in Home Alone. He's sitting there telling his boys some, some story. And it just struck a chord with me. Okay, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for gangsters. And, and he... I know he's a Hollywood star, all right? I know he's not a real-life gangster, but to, to live vicariously through a, through a pretty good actor of a gangster is, is good enough for me. I don't know. I feel like the fact that I'm trying to explain it so much shows that I, I never quite took that direction in my life. It was weird as well because my family had some weird connections with, uh, with the underworld here in, in Melbourne, which is, is probably something you're not supposed to put on a podcast, but it's, it's true. Do you know, I was walking past a... It was like a, it was an old police investigation building. I'm not sure if that's the official name of this building, but it was like a, an old police station, I think is what they're actually called. And uh, I was walking past with my mum, and she goes, oh, I remember that place. I said, oh, wow, what, what was it there? She goes, oh, I had to, I had to go there as a witness to a murder. Uh, I had to give testimony. I said, mum, what? What are you talking about? She goes, yeah, yeah, it was a... It's a long story. We're up in Queensland. I thought we were away just for a holiday, but the people I was with were, they, they'd done some pretty bad stuff. I said, Mum, what were their, <laughs> what were their names? She's like, oh, one, one was Alphonse. And I was like, what, Mum? Far out. I've seen the series Underbelly. Uh, I've looked at some family photos. I go, Mum, who is this guy holding me? He looks a lot like Alphonse Gangitano. She goes, Ty, stop asking questions. There's, <laughs> there's some things you just don't want to find out about your mum, really. I don't know, my mum's 63 years old, and in my eyes, she's just like a sweet lady. I was going to say a sweet old lady, but by the off chance that she heard that, I know she wouldn't appreciate it. So so to hear about stories like like that, she, she, she met a boyfriend in the in the boxing scene years ago. I think she was about 17 years old, and for whatever reason, she got caught up in she got caught up in, in what she now looks back and calls the wrong crew. Maybe I've put those words in her mouth, but it was an interesting crew nonetheless. It's weird how a show like Underbelly can can kind of, if you're listening from overseas, Underbelly's an Australian show that just looks at the Melbourne underworld and, and it kind of glamorizes. It kind of, like if there was even a glimmer of me wanting to be a, ba- a gangster before I before I watched that show, this this show Underbelly, this series, it pretty much just pours petrol on the flame of that desire. So actually, now, now I'm speaking about it, I think I'm going to go and watch it once I hit pause at the end of this podcast. It's a pretty intense sort of show, but it caught me off guard. My mum's not the kind of not the kind of lady you'd expect to hang around with those people. We are talking we are talking 45 years ago, in fairness to her. Things change in 45 years. I think that was the last time she actually had anything to do with, with that kind of crowd. I'm not sure. I'm going to ask her next time I talk to her. But she gets, she gets awkward about it, so it makes it, it makes it a little bit hard to talk about it. Do you know what I mean? It feels cool. I'm, I'm, I'm far enough removed that for me, when I tell you that story, I feel cooler for it. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like it's hard for me not to put on an Italian accent as I tell you that story, uh, it makes it sound like I've got a lot more to do with gangsters than I really do. I, I don't, but I, I hope that that little story has just left you with a bit of an impression that, man, I wouldn't want to get on Tyson's wrong side because, man, he's got some connections. I don't, but the thought that you might think that is uh, is really pleasing to me. <laughs> what a weird way to start it. What a weird way to start a conversation with you. Just brag about the fact that my, my family was friends with with gangsters. Do you know what I mean? With there's flat out gangsters. Look at me. I can't I, I'm gonna move on because I can't I'm already 
I'm already stuck on the gangster subject trying to impress you more. I'm looking at a photo here on my wall of, of Johnny Cash with his hair slicked back and a nice black blazer on, a nice shirt, it looks gangster. It's clearly, I don't know what I'm compensating for, I'm not sure. It's probably because I'm the furthest thing from a gangster that we've ever seen, but anyway, it's been a bit of a gangster week in, in Melbourne, in Australia this week. I, I don't know how closely anyone overseas follows Australian news. I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess, well recently, recently we've probably given you a reason to, um, to pay a little bit more attention. Obviously, with these with these COVID lockdowns and things like that, man, I, I didn't want to talk to you about COVID today, but I've got a couple of stories I've got to tell you from the week. Honestly, it's going to blow your mind. I, I, I'm not going to talk too long about COVID, but there's a few things we just can't skip past tonight. But, uh, but Australia has made news for all the wrong reasons. I was telling you about it last week a little bit. But uh, for whatever reason, our health experts just can't seem to just can't seem to get their words right <laughs> this week. How's this? So how's this for easing the nerves of the people out there who start to feel as though, or who are genuinely feeling as though what's happening now is like uh, the the hand, the grand hand of like the, the Rockefellers or the, the highest form of government or whatever you want to call it, trying to put together a, a new world order. Like pretty much if you're a public figure and you're speaking about coronavirus now, right now, I reckon one of the best things for you to avoid saying is is just don't mention the phrase new world order but but how's this you're going to see it all over the news i'm sure uh, especially if you watch youtube in in the states or wherever you're at uh <laughs> last week uh, three days ago the new south wales health minister the person who has to pretend that they know what's going on with COVID, came on the news and said look uh, obviously when things start to come back to normal once we're 80 percent vaccinated and once the new world order is in place and everyone goes hang on <laughs> Hang on a second. If you want to see the footage of it, go to Andrew uh, Andrew Bogut's Instagram page. That's where I saw it. I was tagged in it about 17 times. And, uh, man, this chick, the, I don't know her name. I don't know her name. She's probably a lovely person, but I just I think she's in the wrong job. She's been She's put her foot in it too many times now. She's the same one who just a couple of months ago was there going, look, I know in a time like this it's nice to talk to your friends. I know it's nice to be able to just see how people are going. I know it's nice to be able to share how you're feeling, but if you see someone that you know in the supermarket, now is not the time to strike up a conversation, okay? This is COVID time. <laughs> COVID time means sit in your cupboard unless you do my job. Then you can go about your day as freely as you like and uh, and, and no complaints. Don't ask me about whether my work's essential. Of course it's essential. Who would run these press meetings every day if it wasn't essential, huh? You'd just have to guess how things were going. You probably wouldn't hear anything about COVID and the disaster that it's causing if you didn't hear it coming from my mouth every day. Do you know what I mean? Of course it's essential. Otherwise, you'd just have to rely on YouTube and, and Channel 7 to be able to give you all this news. That's I'm here to help. <laughs> my favorite one just the other day. I've jumped straight into it, haven't I? I've bloody jumped straight into COVID. Is that the same way that it goes with all of your conversations at the moment? Like every single one of my conversations goes like this. Hey, man, how you going? Yeah, yeah, good. Man, did you see the news the other day? Can you believe this COVID stuff? <laughs> it's it's just it's on the it's on the tip of everyone's tongue, or maybe just my friendship group. It's uh, it's amazing how many people see it different from uh, differently from me. Do you know what I mean? I've I've turned into like a bit of a loudmouth on it. I used to be quite passive. I used to be quite peaceful. Um, I still am, like with every other area of my life, I guess. But for whatever reason, this this particular someone telling me to stay in my house for an extended period of time has just rub, rubbed me up the wrong way. <laughs> you know, if three people came into my house and said, "Tice, I don't want you to leave this place for the next six weeks," I go, "Mate, how, first of all, how did you get in here? I thought the door was locked. That's how you know I came through the window or whatever." Then I'd say, "Get out of my house!" Like, yet yeah, I'm not going to take that advice. 
that's what frustrates me about government. It's like this, I, I know we need it. Like I understand that it's important to have people to, to, set, uh, to set rules and regulations to make a society work a little more effectively. And it's like a, it's a slippery slope of overstepping your mark and understepping your mark and helping the people who need help and not helping the people. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that there's like this tension that you've got to follow. But man, I feel like they're too far down the slippery slope end of this side for my liking. So I've started to pipe up a little bit about it. And... Um, I don't know. All I can say is a few people have unfollowed me on Instagram. I'm going to try and... Okay, I've said this before. I was going to say I'm going to try and stop posting. I'm not. I love it. It's, there's something about it. It's, I've, just got to, I've just got to tell people. I feel like... Here's the thing. I feel like everyone in the world doesn't know my side of the story and it's essential for me to convince the people who follow my Instagram page that I'm right. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's probably the problem with these conversations. No one wants to listen to the other side. They're all like me. And they're just shoving information that they've heard on the Joe Rogan podcast down everyone else's throat, assuming that they're right. I don't know. It's weird. I can see how it gets so tribal. Often when you talk about tribal with things, you, you refer to yourself like you're not tribal. And I've caught myself doing that a few a few times. I, I start going like, man, I can't believe how tribal this whole thing is, hey? Huh? I wish people would just I wish people would just agree and get on. And then someone disagrees with my opinion. I'm like, you are a dickhead. <laughs> That's not helpful. That's not helpful at all. I'll tell you one more thing. Um, bloody, uh, so Gladys Berejiklian, she got a mention last last week. If you can spell her last name, look her up on Instagram. How's this? So for the last, the last, say, let's say three months, it's about three months, she has kept New South Wales in, in like pretty hardcore lockdowns. Do you know what I mean? Obviously her work and her government's work is essential, but everyone else just has to stay home, locked down, don't talk to your neighbours, don't talk to your friends because COVID spreads, like even if it's on the phone, you've got to be careful. So obviously we've heard massive news about uh, mental health problems. We've heard massive news about all the mental struggles, emotional struggles, financial struggles that people are going through. And then yesterday, this chick, she posts on her Instagram. It was Are You Okay Day. I don't know if that's international. I don't know if it's an international thing, but let's just assume it's not. Here in Australia, we have this thing. It's called Are You Okay Day. Sorry if you live overseas and you guys do it too. I just assume we're the only country in the world that, that do it. But she posted on her feed yesterday. She goes, look, it's important to ask your neighbours, are you really okay? I've never, I've never seen a post that screams more loudly that this chick needs a new social media team. It was, it was so out of touch. It was so incredibly out of touch with what she should have been hearing from everyone. Because you think, like, when it comes to politicians making decisions that you disagree with, do you think if you're loud enough and you fire up enough and you send messages to their Instagram enough or comment on their YouTube or just press the unlike button on the YouTube videos that they're going to get the message? And I could have sworn, I've seen some comments to this chick and I'm like, you know what, I'm so glad I'm not her. I'm so glad I'm not her because you've got to have thick skin to, to wear it. But then she comes out and she goes, look, it's just time, it's important we stop and ask everyone, like, are you really okay? <laughs> everyone in the comments is like, Gladys, we're not okay. I know you don't post these Instagram posts yourself. You seem like quite a lovely lady, really, and I feel like you're a little bit too in tune with what's going on in the rest of your, uh, in the rest of your state to actually genuinely post something like this. But can you please, please just hear these comments? Can you please just see that, first of all, it's time for a new social media team, but secondly... Not the right time for you to be posting this. We've been trying to tell you for a long time now that things aren't okay. <laughs> oh, it's no better down here in Victoria either. Our um, oh yeah, I'm far out. I'm 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 full of red. This is this is how you know that things aren't normal here in in Victoria, where I am. So 
I'm a, the other day I woke up, I flicked on my computer and I have, for whatever reason, dumb move to start your day. I have like a news page that comes up. I think it's Bing. I don't know why I got a new PC. I've got to figure out how to change it. Uh, I, I logged onto that and I see his mainstream news. This is the headline news that Nadia Bartel. So this is, so in Australia, we have a sport called AFL. I know over here we froth it. Wherever you are, you have no idea what it is. One of the best players from about six years ago, his name was Jimmy Bartel. Him and his wife, ex-wife now, split up, went through their thing, and uh, it looks like he's it looks like his wife's doing pretty well for herself. I'm going to be honest. She's she's incredibly attractive, and as a result, she's an influencer. Do you know what I mean? She posts boob photos in bikinis on Instagram. Got half a million followers. Ninety seven percent of them are guys. The other three percent are women. Just going, oh my god, you're so beautiful. But it's uh, it's an interesting career move. But the other day, what's happened in her life has shaken things up a little bit because he, here's what's going on. So Nadia Bartel, who is, she's, she's the wife, she's the ex-wife of a former D-grade celebrity who happened to be a pretty good footy player at the time, right? She was filmed doing a line of what appears to be cocaine off a plate and, and it was posted to, it was posted to Instagram for whatever reason. I'm not sure her friend wanted to be, her friend wanted to be seen that she was doing coke with, with Nadia Bartel. And, And you know what the headline was? This is the sign that things are not quite right. This was the headline. Nadia Bartel, fine for social gathering. <laughs> is that weird to you? It, surely that's a sign of the time that this chick is doing cocaine off a plate which has been so, uh, posted to social media and she got in trouble for gathering with friends because that's against the rules. <laughs> You could tell, I was talking to a mate the other day, you could tell it wasn't her first line of cocaine as well. She got through it with confidence. There was no hesitation getting through the line. If it was me, I've never done it before, but I know, I feel like your sinuses would surely have to become more resilient to to, to cocaine. My uncle used to do it a lot, and he's, I think his sinuses actually collapsed. Collapsed. The cartilage in the middle of his nose just, nose just disappeared. I think it sort of just filtered it out. It's like sandpaper. Do you know what I mean? And you could tell that she had some pretty resilient nostrils because she did not flinch. I would have got. I would have got halfway through the first line. It would have tickled my nostril. I would have sneezed. It would have blown all the other lines off the plate. Everyone in the video would have been mad at me. It would have gone viral for another reason because clearly Tyson didn't know how to do cocaine. <laughs> And instead, the the whole story, because she's done it with so much confidence, and she actually looked quite pretty as she did it, it, the whole story is about, oh my God, can you believe this? We're in a pandemic, and this chick is hanging out with her friends. If you're going to do cocaine, do it at home, okay? By yourself, not with friends, because at the moment, pandemic, very dangerous. Not good for your health. Cocaine, okay. If you got to do it, you got to do it. Just don't. Try, try not to do it with your friends. But my favorite part of this is because because she's a social figure and she's got to try and just hold up her brands and she's got to try and hold up her sponsorships. Obviously, she had to come out and do her public apology, which is, just, uh, uh, you're only apologizing because you got caught. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, if you've done cocaine with that much confidence, clearly with that much experience, you're not that sorry. You're sorry you got caught, which is fine. Sometimes genuine apologies come from the fact that you've been humiliated, you've been... I don't know, defamed a little bit, even if it is at your own expense or by your own sort of by your own expense. Does that make sense? But uh, she's come out, done the fake apology, uh, obviously deactivated comments because she would have known how many like little noses emojis would have been put down there with white powder and and plates. 
it's that frustrates me. I, I wish people, I wish you would just own it. Like I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of cocaine. I've never tried it myself. I don't intend to. I'm too, I'm too into my health. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what they're cutting that with. I'm not sure what they're mixing that, mixing that with. Probably baby powder or something. It's probably, it's probably quite harmless in a lot of cases. This is not an endorsement for for, for cocaine by by any means. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I was just a little bit shocked. I, I, I'd love to see someone go. You know what? I'm going to post this to my Telegram from now on, all right? If you want to see me doing cocaine in the future, I'm not sorry. Just tune into my Telegram. I'll post one a week or however. Is that is that how much you do it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My favorite part of this whole video, though, this is this is a sign of where we're at. So the plate that she was doing that cocaine off apparently was sold at, at Kmart. And, and Kmart saw an absolute explosion in the sales of those plates. So that makes me think. It makes me think that surely, like it was a predominantly female audience who saw that video, don't you? Like, if if what you're getting out of that video is, oh my god, I love those plates. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we're focused on different things. That was crazy to me. That was crazy. I hate going shopping at the best of times, and it's it's weird to think that a person can have that much power. No wonder people want to endorse their products with her, because if she can just do a line of cocaine off a plate, and people go, oh, "I love those plates." <laughs> you should honestly I, I think it could have been the best endorsement for a brand ever if she can sell plates uh, via lines of cocaine in social gatherings mate she could she could sell anything you know what actually now I think of it Nadia Bartel I'm going to have to have a chat to your social media crew because that is it's quite phenomenal I think it was a strategic move on your behalf not a fan of drugs want to make that clear inspired by the way that you've used drugs to bring the attention to a product. Maybe it was a Kmart endorsement. I don't know the way it works. I'm not good enough at social media. I always get in trouble for the people send me a message on social media and then five days later I see it and they've already unfriended me because I was so slow to get back with a response. It's uh, I would have been a better friend back in 1994 or 1995, even 2009 I think before Instagram was another form of of communication. One thing, one thing that does my head in, one thing that does my head in these days is when you want to get in touch with a friend, you shoot them a text message, you go, hey, do you want to speak on Friday, 7.30? They go, yeah, yeah, good, what platform? I go, mate, just, I'm just going to call you. I just want to call you on the phone. They're going, did you want to do WhatsApp, Telegram, Facebook Messenger? Did you want to do Zoom? Or do you just want to do Teams? Or like, is there another way that we could do it? Maybe if we could just stand close enough, we could just yell out to each other. I'm like, mate, honestly, just have your phone by you at 7.30. I'll give you a call. Do you know what I mean? If I remember. If I remember, I'll give you a call. If not, yeah, so what I'm, I don't really understand how social media works is my point. But Nadi Bartel, this this little rant about you actually didn't go the direction that I'd anticipated that it would. Um, I started wanting to to attack you for the fact you've done social uh, you've done cocaine on social media. I've ended up congratulating you for the sales of Kmart plates. So bravo! Sounds like Jimmy's let himself go of a a glamour, a real superstar. That's a has some inspiration for you kids. <laughs> It's we. It's been a big week in drug talk. Actually, did you guys see? Um, did you guys see Joe Rogan? He so he he came out on social media the other day and said that he had, he'd got COVID, um, and he said. But what, what was great was he had COVID 
and it was now three days later and he had treated it with with a like a cocktail of drugs essentially he spoke to brett weinstein and some other doctor on his podcast about three months ago they spoke about this ivermectin which is apparently really good for some instances now i, I have no idea what i'm talking about i'm not a doctor don't get angry at me if i've got the details wrong i'm, tr- I'm just doing my best to express the details of a story that you might be interested in all right I don't want you to message me after this and be like, oh my God, Tyson, I can't believe you're an anti-vax. Shut up. I'm just trying to tell you a story about Joe Rogan, all right? I'm just trying to tell you a story. So stop sitting there with your little rolled eyes thinking you're too cool because you don't listen to Joe Rogan. I just want to tell you this story, all right? <laughs> so Joe Rogan, he's, um, he's, he's done this drug which is called ivermectin. Now, apparently, uh, like me, everyone else has become, uh, they've become an ivermectin expert. They probably listened to the same podcast as me and then Googled it and saw that the New York Times referred to this drug as it's a horse dewormer. Apparently, that's what it's known for. And, and places like CNN, like a really trustworthy source of news, are getting stuck into him about the fact that, oh my God, I can't believe that Joe Rogan's taking horse dewormer. That's for horses. It's for when they have worms. Humans shouldn't be doing this. And I, I, like, it's, it's funny when you put it like that. Like I listened to him speak about it today. And apparently, it's a really reputable drug. It's been uh, used to treat a whole heap of, of parasites and things since like I, I don't know. I think it's like the last 40 years. And apparently this, I, I, I think I'm making this up. Apparently the bloke who came up with the drug in 2013, 2014, I want to say he got a Nobel Peace Prize or he got some kind of award in the medical world, which is the equivalent to that. So it, it sounds as though it, it's a pretty legit drug. Do you know what I mean? I know the science is coming out or um, or maybe it's just getting blurred up a little bit more. I can never tell which way it's going. But uh, it, it's made me laugh. It's made me laugh because people are so angry about the fact that it's horse dewormer. Now, here's the thing. This is this is where I get frustrated with it. So in uni, I had a heap of friends who, like, we would go out for the night. They would start drinking. And then all of a sudden, they would start snorting ketamine. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is quite an intense experience. I'm a middle distance runner, really interested in my health. I have to be up at 6 o'clock tomorrow for a long run and a green smoothie. I wasn't 100% sure what was going on. But I didn't want to be that guy who who didn't know about what ketamine was. So I went home, Googled it. Here's the thing. It's horse tranquilizer. Apparently, that was the original reason that you would use ketamine. It's a horse tranquilizer. And no one batted an eyelid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No one's upset about anyone doing uh, doing ketamine off, off like a bar bench or a bathroom bench. But Joe Rogan takes ivermectin to try and keep, treat his COVID symptoms. And apparently, everyone's disgusted that anyone could consider even thinking about using anything that goes in a horse. Do you know what I mean? Apparently you shouldn't even eat carrots anymore because horses, lo- that's not funny. I wish I didn't say that. And I'm not going to go back and edit it. I just want, I want you to get the true experience of, this is a free flow. Do you know what I mean? This is this is coming straight from the heart, uh, bypassing little part of my brain, only a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's only touching the little part that says don't swear. Try not to swear. I don't think I've sweared, sworn. See, I missed that part of my brain that said the word's not sweared, but sworn. That's embarrassing. But old Joe Rogan can't even do ivermectin to treat his COVID because it's horse dewormer. You've got to be consistent, people. Half the people that are accusing him of doing this are, are, are like they're probably on ketamine as they do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be consistent. I've got no issue with you taking horse medication if that's what it is. But let's just be, let's just be consistent all across the board. I don't know. I don't know. I, I told you about this last week. Hey, I had... Uh, I had, okay, all right, today, just this morning, I had I had my favorite COVID experience. Oh, it was one of those ones where I was, I was out the front of my house and 
at the end of this, I was thinking, please, baby Jesus, tell me my wife was inside watching this happen. So so here's what here's what helped me. It was my day today to get up with little Charlie, my boy. I was up at six o'clock, whatever. Then Jesse got up at seven, couldn't sleep. These are minor details. So Jesse took him. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk along the beach. I'm going to go down to the local park, bust out some chin-ups, do my little exercises, get a good start to the day before I come back and sit down at my computer. So that's exactly what I did. Perfect start to the day. Fit, healthy, never felt better. The sun was shining, had the shirt off, which was probably a little bit unnecessary, but felt good because in my head, my body is, is even bigger than what it is in real life. I got a couple of looks that said, mate, it's not as impressive as you think it is. Put a shirt on. That's how I read into it anyway. I didn't I didn't put a shirt back on. You know what I mean? I was I was trying to trying to absorb that vitamin D. Apparently it's good for COVID as well. Anyway, it was one of those days where I I, I just got off to the best start. I felt healthy, I felt fit, I was ready to go. I finished with a swim in the ocean. Um what a beautiful start to the day. Pro- perhaps the healthiest start to the day that I've ever had. Maybe. It was definitely up there with, like there's not many other days that I've had that are healthier than that. It's a pretty good way to start your day. I got home, had my had my boardies on, shoes in my hand, you know what I mean? No shoes, no shirt, dripping wet, forgot to take a towel. As I got to my house, the, the postman had pulled up on my front doorstep, right? So he pulled up on my front lawn and, and I thought he was lost. So I thought I just wandered up to the car. He was sitting in there, had his mask on by himself, doesn't matter, don't want to... You know, you don't want to infect yourself if you haven't got your mask on. So he had his mask on in the car. Okay, it's not because he's retarded. He just, that's what he wanted to do. He felt more comfortable. It's got nothing to do with. So if any of you thought that's a retarded thing to do, first of all, you can't say retard anymore. So that's offensive. You know, you should check yourself before you use words like that. Secondly, um, okay, we'll just stick with firstly. I forgot my second point. But this guy got out of the car. He was holding a parcel. And I said, hey, mate, how you going? He goes, yeah, good, good. And uh, I said, mate, is that a delivery for, for, for our house right here? He goes, yeah, it is. I go, mate, I'll save you a trip. I'll go get it off you. I started to walk towards this guy. I'm not kidding. I was, I was five meters away. I, I crossed my heart. This is what happened. He goes, stop, 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 stop. Mate, we've got to keep our distance. I go, um, I thought he was being funny. Like I thought he was, I thought he was one of these blokes who was just trying to have a bit of banter with me. So I pissed myself laughing. It wasn't that funny. I was just trying to make him feel like he 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 hit it out of the park. I wanted us to get off on a good foot. I'd never met this particular postie. The other guy that we have is a great guy. I usually shake his hand when he drops off parcels. Do you know what I mean? Uh, this guy I'd never met before. And from five meters away, with his mask on, to the fittest, perhaps the healthiest-looking bloke he's ever seen. You know, especially this morning. It was it was early. I don't reckon he would have seen too many healthier-looking blokes. I'm just saying, I'm in form. He goes, no, no, stop, 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 mate. We got to keep our distance. I laughed and started walking towards him. He goes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and then, what happened next was it was just preposterous service. He goes, I'll throw it to you. I go, mate, is this a is this a mood? Like in my head, so many different things were going through my head. And I had an experience earlier this week where I, I should have bit my tongue and I didn't. I'll tell you in a second. So I, I I was sort of being cautious. Do you know what I mean? Being cautious. I didn't want him to be upset. Then he got a parcel. Didn't pay any attention to what might have been in it. I'm not kidding. I was three meters away from him at this point. COVID only goes 1.5, but he wouldn't let me come closer. He must know something I didn't. He threw the parcel to my feet. He threw it at my feet, my postman. 
He's, I would have rather just gone and pick it up at the post office, mate. I didn't know, he didn't know if it was, he didn't say to me, mate, is there anything breakable? Is anything fragile in here? Could this be damaged if I throw it to you from three meters away from hip height and it lands at your feet? He didn't say that. He just, he was so terrified of getting COVID from me. I'm not sick, just so you know. I'm, I'm not sick at all. I feel fantastic. It's actually, it's seven o'clock at night right now. I'm not even tired. That's the kind of form I'm dealing with. He threw it to me. What are we doing? Is that, can you tell me, please tell me that is, that is just preposterous behavior. Is, if that's the new norm, okay, hey, more context, there's zero cases where we live. There is zero, regional Victoria opened back up today, which means that you can travel 10K in your car. You still can't talk to people, really. I went to Bunnings today. It was, it was incredible. People don't really give a crap about the rules, do they? They just want to be told that they can go outside. I'm not kidding. Shoulder to shoulder at Bunnings. Absolutely shoulder to shoulder today. People, if anyone sneezed and they were infected, 43 people around them would have got infected. That's how that's how close proximity we were in. And this guy wouldn't let me come three meters away with his mask on. He had to throw the parcel to my feet. What is going on? Are we still pretending that masks outside are a thing? Is, <laughs> is that... People get angry at me for saying that. I... Okay, here's, I referred to this just a moment ago. Here's what happened. I, I, I think I was a flog. I think there's a chance I was, I was equally a flog. I was as much of a flog as the bloke I'm about to tell you about. But here's what happened. I live in Queenscliff. Not many people live here. All right, so I don't bother wearing a mask outside. Firstly, because does it really spread outside? I don't know. I'm only asking a question. As I said, don't come here for educational advice. I'm just, I'm just throwing info at you. I don't reckon it does. I'm going to put money on it. I reckon science is going to back me up. I'm only going to put a little bit amount, a little bit of money on it though, because I'm not super confident. But I was going for a walk with my wife, had a little Charlie on on my front in like a little little baby carrier, and uh, walking through Queenscliff, nobody around, nobody around. Walking up a hill, and then in the distance we saw a bloke. He was 100 meters away, walking towards him. He was he was about. Yeah, well, he's 100 metres away, but he was about 8 metres on the other side of the path. So it was quite a broad a broad walkway that we were on. He was well and truly away from us. As he approached us, I just, to be a good bloke, I, I usually just acknowledge the people that are coming past me. Wasn't wearing a mask. Neither was Jesse. Neither was Charlie, because he's one. Um, that might change soon from the, the newer science. And, and I go, hey, mate, how you going? And he goes, uh, mate, I'd be a lot better if you had a mask on. And I thought, um, wow, I've heard... I've heard stories about about this kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no chance of him being infected from me because he was eight meters away. Unless I had like some real powerful form of COVID that, that just jumps, which I don't think I did. I, I don't think I do. I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm a super spreader and I don't realize it. I, I felt embarrassed in front of my son. And usually I'm a pretty... Uh, Charlie, my boy, was looking up at me like, oh, you just got owned. And this guy, he walked past me and he goes... Uh, he just dropped that bomb. And I panicked. I thought, oh, my heart just started racing. I go, mate, what are you being such a flog about it for? And he, as soon as the words left my mouth, this guy, he was about 60. He turned around with such confidence that it actually disappointed me. Do you know what I mean? Like, if a 60-year-old guy is turning around to a 34-year-old guy and walking back with confidence, he's obviously not that intimidated by my figure, first of all. I've been working out pretty hard. I'm lean, but I think it's like a lean muscle. Do you know? I thought it looked more intimidating than it did. He he approached me at such a speed 
that that made me realize first of all is this guy going to attack me with a baby on on the front of me it's going to make it really hard to wrestle because charlie's going to cop most of the punches do you know what i mean and he's a pretty tough kid but i just think as a as a baby he's only just past the infant stage he shouldn't be getting punched do you know and uh and he goes what did you say mate and i said it again because why wouldn't you you know you're in this position right now I go mate don't be a flog let's talk and he uh he goes where's your mask mate and i i did the classic i did the cl- is this I don't know if I should be telling you guys this. I can feel the judgment coming through the uh, through the thing right now. If you're judging me, hey, stop it. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you a story. It might not even be true. It is, but I'm just saying it might not be. Uh, he said it again. I said it again. And he goes, where's your, where's your mask, mate? And I, I threw out the classic, uh, mate, I've got a medical exemption. Do you know what I mean? Which if you say with enough confidence, it sounds pretty true. Anyway, this he walked away disgusted. And then what happened next? It made me feel bad. So I was... I was standing at the front. We were at the front of a cafe. Do you know what I mean? And he walked down the road, 100 metres, and then he turned back. And I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. I, I don't know how to take off the baby carrier by myself as well. So it's like my, my, my left arm isn't quite flexible enough to reach the strap. So you look silly. I need my wife to undo it, but she wasn't there. I thought, oh. So he came back to me, and I thought, all right, just keep eye contact because that's my thing. I thought if you, if you, can't, if you can't fight... Just keep eye contact. I've been watching Hicks and Gracie's documentary this week to learn jujitsu, but I'll tell you about that in a sec. Um, inspired by this event. So I had, had Charlie there. He got back within about 10 metres of me, and, and then he kept walking closer to me. This time he was about two metres away. It made me realise he wasn't actually scared of COVID. He was just trying to make a point. He goes, mate, I need to talk to you. And I was like, yeah, sure, go. He goes, uh, mate, I wanted to apologise. <laughs> and I, it was one of those moments where I was, I, I didn't really know. I didn't really know what to. What do you do? What do you do at a, at an apology like that? Because because I was all wound up. I just got. I got all tongue tied. Do you know what I mean? I got tongue tied. I was, hey, thank you. You have. It's all. Hey, I don't. Mm. <laughs> it's one of those. And I've been thinking about him all week. I was like, ah, oh, the poor bloke. You know what's happened? He's 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 convinced that people like me are the problem. He's convinced that we're in lockdown because people like me don't wear their masks. I'm convinced that people like him don't get the fact that even when we get to 80%, it's still going to be lockdown. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a anyway. So that was a that was a little confrontation that I had this week, which was weird. Everyone, we're, we're getting excited as well. Everyone's fired up about how well we're doing with the vaccines. We're we're starting to do really well with the vaccines down here in in Victoria. We're we're reaching the count. But I re- there's a I'm pretty happy for people to be vocal about whatever their opinion is on vaccines. But there's one particular person I can't hear from. And this is this is the kind of person. So, my my dad, one of my dad's best mates, one of my dad's good mates. He's a he was I don't know if he still is, but he was an ice addict, right? He was an ice addict for for a few years. He, he lost his teeth. He, he had that real weathered look. He did. He stole six hundred bucks out of my my little sister's money box just to buy ice. Do you know what I mean? This is the kind of this is the kind of person we're we're, we're talking about here. Actually, a great guy, lovely guy. Really like him. Really like him. But this this is. Ice makes you do funny things. Now, ice isn't necessarily known for its cleanliness. No one's going to ice going, oh, I'm going to get the organic version. <laughs> no, one, no one's making that decision with the ice. It's clearly going to be cut down with stuff. I'm not sure what they're cutting it down with, but I'm going to guess not organic, really not hygienic, probably not supposed to be in the human body. All right? So this guy would inject that into his blood because ice it's just apparently it's an incredible confidence booster i'm speaking a lot about drugs for a bloke who doesn't know much about them but uh 
apparently that's what it does. It gives you, it gives you a real rush. Gives you a real adrenaline. Makes you think you're Superman a little bit. And um, this guy came out on Facebook the other day, going, "Guys, if you if you inject this COVID vaccine, you are crazy. You have no idea what is in that vaccine. Do you know what I mean? There's this software in the vaccine, and it's going to track you. You're going to be like a human drone." They start flying you. He didn't say that, but that's what I think of when I when I hear drone. I reckon if there's one person that shouldn't be, or if there's one group of people that shouldn't really be allowed to talk about uh, the health benefits or the health factors that come from uh, the COVID vaccine, it's people who inject ice into their blood. I, I feel like that should disqualify them. I, I, it's a personal opinion. I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's just <laughs> that's just where we're at. Anyway. That was all I wanted to say about COVID this week. But there's a couple of entertaining stories. I was excited to tell you those. I was, I couldn't. I was hoping I would have made myself sound a little bit more tough when I told you about the the bloke who confronted me about the uh, about the mask. I wish I was trying to figure out a way to make myself sound tougher when I did that. But there's there's not a great way to do it. I just I, I think I gave you a fairly honest representation of, of what was going on there. Anyway, I thought I told you last week. I thought regional Victoria, especially where I am now, was going to be so much more relaxed. But I'm I'm still glad I'm here. Honestly, I I'm in the I'm in the studio at the back of my house right now. A hundred meters to my left is the ocean. You know, I'm in a rental. I'm not I'm not bragging. I'm not saying that I own a house down here. I'm nothing like that. I'm just telling you, the water is in the proximity of of my house. I can smell the salt. I can hear the waves. Not bragging. Fact. The other day though, I I, I realized. I, some some things just come up that make me realize why you can't be considered a true local down here for a long time, and uh, and and here's what happened. So I was I was walking from Queenscliff to Point Lonsdale along the path. Beautiful morning. It's one of those days that sun was shining, the water was flat, everyone was out and about, and and I saw a pot of dolphins. And I I'd never really seen a pot of dolphins in the wild before, and I got so excited. I was really pumped. I um. It, you know that little kid excitement where you see an animal in its natural state? You're like, oh my God, look at this. And there was people everywhere. And I I thought I was the only one that saw it. And this is <laughs> this is what I did. I go, hey guys, hey, did you see the dolphins? Hey guys, there's a pot of dolphins out there. Did you all see? <laughs> did you see the dolphins? And I reckon a hun- like 100% of people looked at me and they go, yeah, mate. Yeah, they're, they're out here most mornings. They This is sort of the part of the bay that they, they swim around in. There's a couple of pretty girls in the group that I wish I had a acted cooler in front of. Do you know what I mean? In fact, they were the ones that voiced the fact that the dolphins were there daily. It just happened to be that this day I was out there at the same time as as the rest of every local and felt the need to scream in excitement about the fact that I'd seen them. Um, which is not good for the confidence, is it? Because i got to see these people every time I go on that path now. And they now they know I'm the guy, I'm the guy that screamed about how excited I was to see the dolphins. The dolphins. Which is, there's nothing wrong with being excited, but if you want to look like you're the bloke in in town who who sort of you know he knows the area pretty well, don't scream in excitement when you see the dolphins that hang out there every morning. I don't want to be known as that guy. I'm, I'm probably I'm also known as the guy with the tramp stamp. I walk around with my shirt off a lot, and I got the words belief, courage, strength written just above my pants line on my back. My first tattoo. Thought it was good at the time. Still love the words. Location is very questionable. Location is questionable. Belief, courage, strength. Um, it could have been a swirly butterfly. I um actually, when I went and got my second tattoo a few years ago, I 
I went in there. I went into this. Uh, it was in Brunswick, which is where you go to get your tattoos. That's hipster central. You know what I mean? That's where you go get your tofu and rice and your fashionable tattoos. <laughs> and I went into this guy and uh, I got up there and I thought I was going to get like a hipster, lovely guy with like a soy flat white, um, like thick rimmed glasses, uh, a beret on, smoking a pipe, because that's the kind of person you get in Brunswick. I got up, I got up there, and there was a there's a bloke. He he looked pretty gangster. He looked he was big. He I reckon I'd guess 140 kilos. He was about six foot five, covered in tattoos. And uh, I sat down to get a compass tattooed on my wrist, which was like I like it again, but it just doesn't sound that good when you when you when the bloke that that's doing the tattoos got tattoos on his face, and you're asking for a compass on your wrist. I don't know. There's something humbling about that. Um, and I, I went in there, and he goes, "All right, mate, what do you want?" I go, oh, mate, I just want to get this little compass on my wrist if I could. Oh, if you don't mind, I'll just get a little, this little compass with the shorter needles, preferably. Maybe if you could use some numbing agent, it'd be great. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, mate, you got any other tattoos? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've got a, got a, I've got a tattoo on me back and that. He's like, oh, what do you got? I was like, oh, mate, just, uh, just the words, belief, courage, strength. He goes, oh, yeah, it's good. He goes, uh, what, what part of your back it's on, is it on? I said, oh, mate, it's actually um, just above my, my pant line. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just above my pants line. And uh, he goes, at the bottom of your back. And I said, yeah, that's usually where I sort of wear my pants to and that. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, mate, you got a, you got a tramp stamp. And I was like, oh, here we go, this bloody massive unit. I'm, I'm, I'm about to get a tattoo. I'm already going to cry at the fact I'm getting the needle. And now I've got a tramp stamp that that accompanies the tears that are about to flow. And uh, he looked at me with an expression which was quite blank, and, and I was really nervous. I wanted to feel the, that, the quietness that filled the air with, with something, but I didn't. I didn't know what to say. And he goes, hey, mate, I got one too. <laughs> he goes, so he was, apparently his first tattoo was like 16, and I think it was mid-90s where like the butterflies and the swirls were in. And if you had a tattoo in general you're just a pretty tough unit it didn't really matter what it was uh so he committed to the swirly tattoo he showed me there's no way to show someone a tramp stamp without without looking incredibly ridiculous um because first of all you have to you have to turn it it's it feels strangely sexual do you know what i mean like i, I that's not a, a move that i i often do uh, in fact i would say I've, I've never done that move um Turn around and face my wife, and and sort of poke my bum out in that area. It's not, it's not something we're into. I'm like, if you if you're into that, go. Like you do, you don't have to tell me about it or anything. You know what I mean? But good on you. Uh, different different strokes for different folks. Um, but uh, it's weird how I wish that guy didn't show me that because in my head at the time he was a really big, tough, potential bikey looking character, and now he's. He's humbled himself. He's he's turned around. He's lifted his shirt. He's lowered his belt line a little bit, um, just above his crack, and and he showed me his tramp stamp, which is still visible. A little swell. Um, it's amazing how quickly I went from being terrified of, of what he was thinking about me to completely judging him. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I've I've got to be more cautious with tattoos these days because um, because otherwise you get 15 years later and you got a tramp stamp, you know, and you're talking about it on a, in the second episode of your podcast, which no one really wanted to hear about. But that's that's just what we're dealing with. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not I'm not here to lie to your face. I've got to I've got to stop caring so much what people think. I um I I usually don't actually. I would say that the last 10 years, every year I, I care less and less about what people think. People people that 
I don't care about. You know what I mean? Like if it's a close friend that says, Tysh, you're out of line, or if it's my wife that goes, Tysh, you're out of line, then I, I go, okay, well, maybe I'll pay attention to that. But but so many people disagree with so many things. And uh, I, I don't know, I think it's healthy to kind of try and let go of some of that um, emotional baggage that can come with holding on too tightly to, to what people think about you. And, and and one of the ways that I do it, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in religious text, in spiritual text. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I met my wife at a church. I, I read the Bible fairly regularly, trying to do it more because I think there's a lot of things I've got to straighten out in my life still. But but one thing I've, I've realized is I've got a bit of work to do. And it, it it came to a, it sort of came to a head last night. I realized that this was an issue. So there's an app on my phone. It's called, I think it's just called the Bible app. It's called Version, maybe. Version. And essentially they do like a daily study and it's just supposed to be like a little bit of, a little bit of nutrition for your soul. Do you know what I mean? It's like a green smoothie for your soul. If your soul is going to have a green smoothie, it comes in the form of this, of the words that come out of the, these people's mouths. Like there's a different person each day. Um, they're really eloquent. They've got these beautiful stories and beautiful images that they create. And and you always leave if you've listened to the words feeling a little bit uplifted, a little bit like you've, you've got room to grow and you've got tools to apply to help you do it. But what I've realized through watching these apps is every person on these apps, not only are they super stylish, they also have like sick backgrounds. Like usually there's like a nice pool or a big bookshelf or like a massive staircase which screams, you know what, like pastor life's doing pretty well for me. They've got the Carl Lynch thing going on, do you know? Um, still with, yeah, it doesn't matter actually, that's going to be harsh. I love I love Carl Lynch. Carl Lynch was a Christian pastor. Just He cheated on his wife a little while ago and uh, he was Bieber's pastor, do you know what I mean? He was he, he made Christianity cool. He's uh, And then he got done for cheating on his wife. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to throw dirt at him because I still I still like the guy. Do you know, even my wife was like, "Hey, you got to give him a break. You're not perfect." And the story I'm about to tell you shows that I'm not perfect. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you was last night I was looking through this app, and and I realized I wasn't paying any attention to any of the words that these guys were saying. All I was focused on was the the clothes that they were wearing. So so here's what I realized: like, I'm going to this app to try and help me get over like any idea, any ideas of like materialism or finding meaning in in like the material possessions or the wealth or the, the things that I accumulate. I want to hear these people speak about powerful truths that like break straight through all of that stuff, hit you in the heart and make you want to change, be a better person tomorrow. Instead, the camera comes on or the video comes on. These guys got like a beautiful blue coat, like a nice button-up shirt, perfect glasses, nice fade haircut. And I don't know. I actually don't know what last night's little message was about. All I left was like, I left that and I was like, I need to get a haircut. I need to lift my fashion game. I need to increase my style. I got to get a better house. My house needs to paint. This guy's got a good bookshelf. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know how disappointing it is to to think you're really making a massive investment in your spiritual life? And then your wife says, hey, what did you get out of that particular reading? I go, babe, I just need a new jacket. You know what I mean? We need a new house. I need more money. <laughs> Just all the stuff that everyone's trying to get anyway. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Marriage is good for that kind of stuff, though. Marriage is good for that kind of stuff because waking up next to a person who's your wife, obviously, just to clarify, I don't know why I had to clarify that, you know, uh, waking up next to this person day in, day out, uh, a person who knows your character defects. Now, there's so much stuff that I do that you would have, like, even those of you who know me well, you'd be like, Tyson's a lovely guy, isn't he always positive? He's always friendly. Nah, don't. <laughs> I think that's the same with everyone though, isn't it? Like we put on our, we put on our best, our best, what's it? 
I'm, I'm getting two expressions muddled up. We put our best foot forward. We put we put our best foot forward. Uh, that's a thing, isn't it? That's an expression. When we're out in public, we like people to see the good side to us, the side that we, we like to express ourselves in the way that we feel that people see us. And I know that. Like, I know I'm Mr. Mr. Positive and Mr. Funny and... Um, and I, I live like that too much and my wife just calls bullshit so much to this stuff because she sees the other side so to have a have a person like that just to keep you accountable is is pretty help pretty helpful i got i got a lot of things to learn i was going somewhere with that story what was i going to tell you i was going to tell you something and i've completely blanked on it anyway i'm i'm too superficial i no that's what it was that's what it was so here's here's the little debate in the in the popplestone family at the moment speaking of marriages and speaking of things that you got to just iron out if you want to be a good husband good wife good partner i want to hear your honest feedback on this can you tell me all right here's the thing i'm not saying my wife does a wee in the shower you know she's done it from time to time i've heard I haven't heard it, do you know what I mean? But I've, she's told me that that's not a big problem. It's pretty natural. She'll be so angry at me. I'm not going to tell her about this story in the podcast. She'll be so embarrassed. She's an Enneagram type three, which means that she likes people to think a certain way of her. <laughs> Google Enneagram type three if you want to understand my wife a little bit better. I'm a seven. Um, and uh, we were having a debate a while ago. Is it okay to wee in the shower? And I, th- I think both of us were like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But I wanted to I wanted to do this I wanted to do this thing to test that theory because because if you're standing in the shower and you do a wee that's pretty normal like I think a lot of people do that I hope a lot of people do that because otherwise I've just let you in know, on knowledge about the Popplestone family that that you probably didn't need to or want to hear but that's just I feel like we're in a relationship now where I got to be honest with you if you want this podcast to be honest you're going to have to hear stories like that and, and I'm happy to accept that that's quite normal, but here's here's something I did a while ago. My wife was in our bathroom, and and just to test the theory and see how far it went, I needed to go to the toilet. So rather rather than going to the toilet, I, I stood on the outside of the shower and I just turned the tap on in the shower, and I did a little wee. Which is <laughs> that's it felt weird saying that to you. It felt honestly, it felt this this has turned into confession. Maybe. Like, that doesn't seem right. But if that's not right, like, if you're not allowed to just turn on the water in the shower and do a wee into the shower, why is it okay to stand in the shower and do a wee into the shower? Surely if standing in the shower and weeing into the shower is okay, standing outside the shower and weeing into it should be okay. Do you have an opinion on that? Like, is that, is that a valid point? This is, it's not really a story that's going anywhere. I just wanted to run it by you to find out what you thought about that. Your opinion's important to me. So if you could maybe even just shoot me a message and, and let me know what your thoughts are. If it's okay to wee in the shower, it should be okay to stand on the outside of the shower and do a little wee. Convince me otherwise. Tell me I'm wrong. But help me understand why I'm wrong because I don't, I don't quite understand it. I don't really know. Anyway, my wife gets my wife is Macedonian, so she gets a little bit she gets a little bit fiery when we like when we have a disagreement. Like when I did that, she goes, "Oh, babe, that's disgusting." Do you know? And she gets really fiery. She starts getting slappy. <laughs> she, she very rarely gets angry. She's a very patient person. I get quite irritable. Like I'm a I get a little bit. Um, I'm like I can be a bit bitchy sometimes. Like I'm very emotional. Obviously, those of you who know me will be like, "Oh, it's so true." Those of you who don't know me, it'd be really hard to imagine. You know what I mean? Like 
I paint the image of myself as quite a masculine guy, <laughs> quite quite out of touch with his emotions. But I, I get quite emotional. She just gets that European hot blood and starts swinging punches. Very rarely. It doesn't happen a lot. I don't need help. No need to report it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just saying, if someone was going to get bashed in this relationship, chances it's me. So I've started, I've started to try and, I don't know, there's just been a few things in my life that's made me realize lately I need to learn to fight. Not because I want to fight her back, I just want to be able to defend myself accurately. And then when this bloody 60-year-old bloke last week approached me with so much confidence about the fact I wasn't wearing a mask, it made me think, all right, there's, there's some things that if I don't look intimidating, I want to at least have some moves to be able to back myself up when it, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to a fight. And then last week, uh, sorry, late, uh, what is it today? Couple of, Just a couple of days ago, as a result of what happened last week, I, I started watching this documentary of a bloke called Hickson Gracie, who's like a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master. He's like, I think he's about 62 now, but when he was sort of 36, 37, he was, he was the goat. Like, he was the man. A great documentary on him I watched, actually. It's called Choke. It's on, on YouTube. Incredible documentary. There's a little Japanese dude that he, he fights just laying on his back and keeps getting everyone in arm locks. Like there were these people in the ring that were, no joke, I reckon one of them was six foot six and he was just standing over this guy, punching him in the face, kicking him on the ground. And I was like, oh no, this poor little Japanese guy is not going to be able to eat sushi for a month. Anyway, because he was just copping it to the head. All of a sudden, this guy, he did this fling kick thing where he jumped up, got the guy, like the tall guy who was punching him, he got his arm in a in a lock using his legs and like snapped his arm back uh, until the guy had to submit. And I thought, all right, if this little Japanese dude is tapping out these six foot six guys, there's obviously some form of martial art that I need to learn. Do you know, even if it's just a fair, I want to get in a position where if Jesse's, you know, swinging punches, I can just get in a little arm lock. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm not going to snap the elbow uh, depending like I can almost, I can almost promise I wouldn't snap the out unless it was like a really big fight. <laughs> That's terrible. You can't even joke. I bet you I'll get arrested for that. Can you? You can't joke about domestic violence anymore because it's not, it's not funny. That's not even domestic violence as much as it's just the Popplestone family doing jujitsu classes together and and Tyson won that fight. You know what I mean? Based on pure strength and skill. But um, but this Hicks and Gracie documentary is really just giving me an appreciation for it. And I think I want to get my little man into to jujitsu as well because I just. I like the idea there's some discipline in it, isn't there? Like there's a there's an element of discipline, there's an element of strength, there's an element of mindset, there's an element of overcoming disappointment. And then you have to have respect for your teacher. Hopefully you have respect for your teacher, otherwise he gets you an arm lock. Do you know what I mean? Snaps your little fetus arm uh, and shoulder out of whack, doesn't grow properly. You end up with like a little chicken wing arm and you get teased for it at school. So um, I'm hoping my kid, my little, my little Charlie boy, uh, you know, he really takes to it because I I don't want him to have to face up to some sixty year old bloke because he's not wearing a mask when he's thirty four because the other bloke thinks he do you know what I mean anyway that's just where I'm at watch this documentary Hicks and Gracie great podcast with Jocko Willink and him the other day as well which I which I really liked um, I only wanted to tell you one more thing and then uh, and then I, I'm gonna get out of here I think I just uh, only had a few things I wanted to talk to you about tonight weighing in the shower was I'm gonna be honest that was one thing I really wanted to hear from you guys about it's important to me to know where that stands I want to know whether I'm just a filthy human for even trying to make that point or whether my point stands do you know what I mean like obviously if someone tried to poo in the shower I think it's unacceptable unless there was no toilets around you were really busting especially like as long as you don't have to push it through the plug with your fingers like if there's an open plug hole and you're busting you have no other option maybe you got maybe you even got diarrhea and you're sick you just can't hold. that's more understandable but i think 
generally, I can accept the fact that a little poo in the shower is, is not ideal. If that's happening on a regular basis, you probably just should go see your doctor. I would say there's something about fiber in your diet that you need to tap into. Um, but as I said, I'm not I'm not here to educate you. I, but just yeah, if you could just shoot me a message about uh, about your thoughts on that, it'd be interesting. <laughs> it's interesting hearing about what goes on in people's houses, isn't it? Like uh, you hear that story and you go, oh wow, like the Popplestone. I hope they wash their shower. We do. I'm pretty sure, like Jesse does. I'm pretty sure. I've never done it actually. I've, <laughs> I've never done it. You can't even joke about that anymore. Everyone's like, you're a sexist. I'm not. I'm not. It's just um, Jessie's more talented at cleaning the bathroom. Oh, well, so I go, you know what? I really want to support you in your talents. She's also a good cook. She's great at washing dishes as well. <laughs> no, well, any female listeners, I'm, I'm not even that sorry. It's just uh, I'm a bit sorry if you're angry. Actually, if you're angry, I'd like to apologize. I'm like Nadia Bartel now. I'm coming out with my public apology. Just, just out of the fear that you might not be happy with me right now, I'm apologizing. Do you know what I wish? I'm going to be that... I take back that apology just because I'm going to learn to to not apologize for those kind of things. But if you're really angry, I am still sorry, okay? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It, yeah, it's interesting what what goes on in people's houses. There's just... I reckon there'd be so much going on that you just have no idea about. And I've, I've got reason to believe this, not only because I've just confessed that story with you guys, but my, my uncle used to be an ambulance officer, right? And he got called one night to a heart attack uh, a, a, like an 80-year-old guy had had a heart attack and his wife was really distressed on the phone, naturally, as you would be, uh, assuming like if you had a good marriage. Otherwise, it could just be a, like a goodbye and like, thank God this day's finally come around. But assuming she was upset, she was disappointed about the fact her husband had had this heart attack. My uncle got to their house and uh, this, guy was, <laughs> this guy was laying on the lounge room floor and he, had, he was naked. He had, uh, you know, you know, the like that cardboard roll on the inside of toilet paper, like a roll of toilet paper. He, <laughs> this guy, had, so he'd taken out the cardboard roll and he'd put it over his old fella. You know what I mean? Which is, it's hard for me. Oh no, I understand. I don't, I don't get it. Mine wouldn't fit either, fellas. Am I right? You know what I mean? Unless it was, unless it was pretty cold. Honestly, I would have no issue. But I'm, just, I was trying to impress you. But some, some people would have struggle getting it. Like, but. It, that's a that's a tangent. This guy had his had his old fella inside of the cardboard roll, and he had a piece of string tied around his waist at the back. And my my uncle walked in to this guy who'd had a heart attack, unconscious, uh, and and was sort of shocked at the sight that he had seen. And he he said to his wife, he goes, well, well like he gave him CPR, brought him back to life. The guy was fine. But after after it all happened and things had calmed down, my uncle started laughing and goes, "Look, I'm I'm so glad you're okay. Obviously, we've got to get you to the hospital, get you all fixed up. What is what is going on here?" And the wife was so embarrassed. She goes, uh, "She goes, you know, you know, Peter, we uh, we had actually been watching a documentary about a Kenyan tribe, and the tribal leaders came out and they had like a bullhorn or a rhinoceros horn or some kind of animal's horn over their over their old fella." And they had it tied around their their waist, and it was their traditional it was their traditional outfit. It was like their warrior outfit. So my husband, he thought it would be funny to go into the bathroom, take his clothes off, come out like that, and he started chasing me around the house. <laughs> so this like this like yeah, I just don't I like I've got a I've got an eighty year old granddad who's still alive, and I think like a seventy I want to say like 72, 73 year old grandma, seventy four I think she's gee. Like the idea of him doing that not only terrifies me, uh, but just the fact that that's a possibility. I love their youth. Like there, there has to be an element of youth 
in your brain to go, you know what, I'm gonna, that's a good idea. And it gives me hope as well, because people always say to me, oh, are you ever going to grow up? And I'm like, oh, I really have been trying. Like, there's a couple of years there where I tried so hard to be sensible and mature and respectful. But honestly, telling you that story right now makes me, all I want to do right now is hit pause on this podcast, go into my bathroom, get the, the cardboard thing out, and do that. I, I actually think I might do that out of respect for the, the Kenyan tribal leaders and, and for this guy's story. So uh, <laughs> that's just not something you think about. I never imagined that is what I'm saying. So you, you never know what's going on inside inside people's homes. The other one, my um, same uncle actually, uh, he uh, he got a call. He got a call to a BMX a BMX track one day, and how intense is this? So so one of the one of the, like an 18 year old bloke or 20 year old bloke or whatever, he'd he'd gone over a, a jump, and as he had gone over the jump, his handlebars came. No, no, his seat came off. His bike seat came off. And you know that metal bar that goes up and it holds the seat? Obviously, it was it had snapped off, so it was all wiry. He landed on that and it split, like it split his nuts, split his nutsack. And because, because it had split it, all of a sudden the skin, like it went up around the side and exposed his little, little, little nutsies. Like his little, his, what are they? His testes. He's, so... My uncle goes, oh, mate, like this is, it's quite intense. He goes, I've got to get a photo for the nurses, which which he did. Um, and uh, and he got the photo and then he, he texted it to the nurse, but he also texted it to me. He texted it to me and he goes, hey, have a look at this. I just got a call to this job. This has got nothing to do with going to people's houses. I just wanted to tell you this story because it, 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 it's quite it's quite graphic. I just need to get it off my, my chest. You know what I mean? And... Uh, it was a live photo, so he sent it to me, and I held it down, and you could see this this guy's exposed little testes just jiggling around, um, as my uncle's trying to treat him. Which is, I don't know why I told you that story, but I felt like it needed to be said. Do you know what I mean? I've I've gone from what's happening inside people's houses to my uncle who went to treat this bloke dressed up as a Kenyan who went to another job to a bloke who split his nutsack open, and that's just. That's just the nature of this podcast. We get we get all kinds of stories. You know what I mean? We get you get nutsack stories, but you also get Nadia Bartel stories. So hopefully somewhere in the middle there is um I don't know, hopefully there's just something there for you. <laughs> that was a journey, wasn't it? But we got there. I, I really I feel like we've just had a great conversation and, and you guys have, have you've been very polite, you haven't interrupted me, which is fine. I hope you haven't hit pause. That would have been offensive. But if you if you had to hit pause, it's uh you know it's all part of the part of the process. But I'm glad that you guys are here. I was I was flabbergasted how many people listened to my podcast last week. I thought this would be interesting. Thirty people going to listen to it. No, it's um. I hope there's that many people listen again this week because uh that the first podcast is never a real a real test of how good a podcast is, is it? Like Joe Rogan didn't get his most downloads on his first podcast. They realized that this podcast was good and interesting and they wanted to come back and listen next week. So that's the truth. Week number two, you know what I mean? In six weeks' time, it could literally just be me speaking to myself again. So hey, keep keep me company. Don't go doing don't go doing any runners. But that's all I wanted to share with you tonight. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. All right, stay positive. Keep a smile on your face. Don't attack people if they're not wearing a mask. Yeah. Or if you're like me, don't don't be an asshole to people because they are, are wearing a mask. It's uh I don't know what I'm talking about with COVID, so I probably should just not have an opinion. 
but I've just spent an hour telling you mine. <laughs> so I've got to get out of here. Guys, massive love to you and your family. I'll, uh, I'll speak to you all next week. Mwah.